0: Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold. Venture wisely. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, how to invest in Uber without buying into its IPO, and Trump bumps Stephen Moore. But first, the end of event TV and the future of HBO. This Sunday night will be the third to last episode ever of Game of Thrones, the HBO mega hit that's one part Band of Brothers, one part Dallas, and one part Labyrinth. Over 17 million people watched last Sunday's episode, while the premiere from this season has now gotten nearly 40 million views, including those who watched either subsequent airings or via HBO streaming service. In today's TV landscape... Those numbers count as event television, the sort of thing that used to be known as water cooler television, you know, shows everyone is talking about at work the following day. Sort of collective experience that people largely have alone, creating a virtuous cycle of audience addiction. Now, these numbers remain much lower than event TV of the past. So, for example, the Seinfeld finale in 1998 had 76 million viewers, while over 100 million people watched the last episode of M.A.S.H. in 1983. The difference between then and now, and arguably between 1998 and 1983, is an ever-expanding number of entertainment choices. And from a certain perspective, it is indeed great that we have many more shows that we can watch at many more times. But on the other hand, we are slowly losing that collective experience, something we all shared, regardless of things like geography or political and religious beliefs. It was bonding, and arguably this Sunday night's Game of Thrones episode will be event television's last gasp. In 20 seconds, we'll go deeper with Recode Executive Editor Peter
1: Kafka, but first, this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, Bridge Bank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury and cash management capabilities, and a suite of international banking products. Bridge Bank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. We're
0: joined now by Peter Kafka, executive editor of Recode and host of the Recode Media Podcast. So, Peter, is this Game of Thrones, these last three episodes, is this the end of event television or is there something else that follows it?
2: There's no more event television in the very near term, at least if we're talking about sort of this episodic sort of series finale sort of thing. Obviously, Super Bowl, Grammys, etc., those are still big deals. But, you know, no one thought Game of Thrones was a giant event television event when it started either. It had to slowly build. There's no reason we won't have enough. Another one of these. Remember, HBO is a subscription service. They've got 140 million people paying to watch HBO. There's no reason HBO couldn't have another hit like this or an Amazon or a Netflix or anybody
0: else. Is part of the argument though that kind of the idea of Event TV, you know, you go back and I mentioned the open, you know, the MASH finale or the Seinfeld finale. Maybe it was because there were fewer choices, but it felt like everyone was watching those things. And maybe it's because we just have so many more choices now and so many different times. We don't have to all watch it on Sunday at nine that that kind of collective experience seems to be shrinking even the Super Bowl yes because it's a live event. Grammy's even less so.
2: Right. So here's the distinction. Fragmentation is absolutely real. Top 10 TV shows in the mid-80s, the Cosby show was doing 30 million just for a regular show, which is sort of what Game of Thrones uh, is doing right now. Game of Thrones is a huge show. Now, uh, Big Bang Theory, like 11 million, and that's the number one show. So you can see the shrinkage there. And yes, Netflix allows us to do on demand, but people still are interested in doing things around the same time as other people. Best example of that right now is Avengers which came out last week, has done more than a billion dollars at the box office. So with enough demand, with enough hype, with enough interest, people will go and watch something at the same time. By the way, Netflix, even though they're doing a lot of on-demand stuff, they're starting to put out stats that say, hey, look, Here's how many people watched our show, and they're saying in the first four weeks. But there's no reason they couldn't say here's how many people watched our show in the first three days, and there's no reason they couldn't stoke demand, especially as they get into movies for a new season, for a last episode, for a new movie.
0: How do you stoke that demand? So something like Game of Thrones the other night, or Avengers, is a good example. It would seem to me, and, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. One of the reasons so many people try to watch it almost immediately is because we're all on our computers and on our phones, and we don't want to get spoiled. We don't want to see what happened before we watch it. Whereas that wouldn't have necessarily been true years ago, is that driving it or are there things the networks can actually do to kind of engender, kind of organically engender something becoming event television?
2: That is a genie in a bottle sort of thing, right? Marvel has put out, by the way, 20 some movies over however many years that's that's engendered demand, plus they had IP that people loved for years beyond that. If the networks could do it, they'd do it all the time. HBO certainly can't do it. They mostly fail when they try to do big shows like this. Everyone does. It's a find out when you get it sort of thing. And by the way, again, Netflix right now does, you know, will drop all their shows at the same time, but there's no reason they have to do that in perpetuity. And they've already sort of sort of playing around with different models. They're doing a little bit of episodic TV right now. Most stuff is going to get consumed when you want to watch it, but there will still be anomalies like Game of Thrones.
0: You mentioned that Netflix is kind of experimenting now with doing more episodic, you know, episode one comes out on a Thursday, and then episode two comes out on the next Thursday, which yep. is what HBO has always done. Is there any evidence to suggest that that, helps a show more than just dumping an entire season on one day?
2: Well, look, anecdotally, the people in the media industrial complex who depend on, on writing about things like Game of Thrones certainly want that to be the case. <laughs> and Netflix hasn't succeeded so far with their episodic stuff. They've been trying stuff like Hasan Minhaj's show and other comedians sort of weekly shows. Those haven't worked for them yet, but I think that has more to do with the fact that no one really wants that sort of nightly comedy show or weekly comedy show on demand.
0: Peter, let's talk a bit about HBO. Uh, As you said, HBO hasn't been able to pull off, or not pull off, it's got other popular shows, but not anything close to where they are with Game of Thrones. What does this mean for their future? Should HBO be freaked out that once the final episode airs in three weeks, that they are going to lose a lot of subscribers?
2: They are absolutely freaked out, and by the way, that's why they're going to have a million different Game of Thrones spinoffs and prequels and sequels, but they've been there before, right? 20 years ago, Sopranos went off the air. That was giant event TV, and they had Sex in the City, and then they sort of ran out of shows for a Wow. It's kind of the nature of the entertainment business that you go through these peaks and valleys. They would love to have another Game of Thrones teed up for next year. doesn't mean it's going to happen. And, you know, we'll see how patient, by the way, AT&T is about this, but they certainly want more of them.
0: And at and has been pushing HBO to not just have more big shows, but have more shows in general, right? I mean, they, they want more programming. HBO used to kind of be Sunday night shows and then, you know, old movies for the rest of the week.
2: They want more shows and also they want them to exploit this more, right? If at and had had its way, the old episodes of Game of Thrones would have been running on TNT sort of on a loop for the last couple months to stoke this even more. HBO wouldn't hear of that, and now basically under the new regime. That's the kind of thing that would happen. at and will certainly exploit that more. But again, everyone wants bigger and bigger hits. That's why Amazon is spending a ton of money for a Lord of the Rings prequel. They want a Game of Thrones size hit. Everyone, and Apple, certainly would want this. Someone's going to throw money at this, and one of them will succeed.
0: And I assume that next hit will be Axios on HBO, which comes back in a couple of months. Thank you very much, Peter Kafka, executive editor of Recode. My final two, right after this.
1: The Equity Fund Resource Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Leveraging nearly two decades of expertise delivering solutions to emerging technology and growth companies, Bridge Bank now offers services for funds, SBICs, and general partners including creative credit solutions, robust treasury management capabilities, and a suite of international banking services. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Be bold, venture wisely.
0: Now it's time for my final two. And first up is a Wall Street Journal report on Friday that Japanese investment firm SoftBank may launch an initial public offering for its $100 billion vision fund the largest private equity fund ever raised, which has invested big money in such companies as Uber and Slack. So details are still sparse, but this could be a way for retail investors to buy into the so-called unicorn phenomenon without having to bet on specific companies. And for SoftBank, it could help generate cash to help support a second vision fund. This wouldn't be the first time an investment firm has IPO'd, but it would certainly be the most interesting. And finally, Stephen Moore yesterday withdrew his name from consideration to join the board of the Federal Reserve. Just hours after telling media outlets he had no plans to step aside amid a controversy into past writings and comments that were alternately sexist and downright bizarre. Like one in which he said child labor laws should be scrapped. So what changed? Well, one explanation could be that Moore also said on TV that he disagreed with President Trump's desire for the Fed to cut interest rates by another point. Or maybe it's just that the White House did the math and concluded there were too many Senate Republican defections from Moore, leading to President Trump's thanks but no thanks tweet just after noon. Moore ended up back on cable news later that same day, blaming the media for reporting on his past writings, but then having a brief moment of candor on Fox Business News, telling host Neil Cavuto, quote, what went wrong here was the vetting process. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great national chocolate custard day. And we'll be back on Monday with another ProRata podcast.